All I had was $5 left. Figuring out how to make it was what my life was about to depend on. When you look back on your story, does it still amaze you? It is in your brokenness that your potential becomes released. We are backstage with Dr. Les Parrots. Awareness is curative. You can only change something that you are aware of. People that succeed with their money, they're intentional. Couples at any age or stage can carve a new groove into the relationship. That's what makes you rich in marriage. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Rachel Show Podcast. I am so glad that you are here. So in today's episode, we are going to talk about how to live rich. Yes, that means with your money, of course, but it also means other areas of your life. So we're going to talk to Dr. Les Parrott, who is a relationship expert, and talk about how to live rich in our relationships. And we're also going to talk to someone who started from literally no money, made an investment, managed it well, and now she's rich. But you'll see that she's not just rich when it comes to money in her bank account, which she's that too, but her life is completely changed. And then we're going to end the episode with one of my good friends and fellow Ramsey personality, Christy Wright, and she is over all things business boutique, helping women make money doing what they love. So I'm really, really excited about this episode, but let's talk tactically for a second when it comes to money. How do you become rich, quote unquote rich, in today's world? Can you really become wealthy in America today? Because a lot of people think that you can't. And you're going to hear messages all across the board that, oh, it's so, you know, it's impossible now. You know, it's not, it's just not a reality. You're just never going to get ahead. Listen, you can become wealthy, but you have to be intentional. So here are some, I don't even want to call them secrets of the rich because they're not so secret, you guys. Here are three things to remember if you want to build wealth. Number one, You do not need to have debt. That's right. Yeah. Debt steals your income. It's really hard to build wealth when your income comes in and it goes right back out to payments. But if you had no payments, just imagine that for a second. If you had no payments and your paycheck came in and you got to decide what to do with it and you got to actually invest it, you got to actually give some of it away, you you got to do things with it that you've always wanted to do And now you are able to. And when you have income that is yours, you are able to start investing. And mathematically, that is what's going to help you build wealth called compound interest. It's so important. But it's hard to do that when you're living paycheck to paycheck. So getting out of debt. Number two, having a plan. If you want to become wealthy, you have got to be intentional. It's not going to just happen. You're not going to just look in your bank account one day and be like, oh, there's an extra few thousand dollars in there. That's kind of nice. That's probably not going to happen. No, you have to have a goal. You have to plan for it. You have to know what you're doing. You have to be intentional. Things are not going to happen by accident. You have to have a plan. And last but not least, live on less than you make. Please, please, you guys, We end up buying so much crap that we don't need with money we don't have, okay? It's this tiring existence, and we have to stop it. You have got to learn to live on less than you make. So these are three huge tips to help you build wealth in America today. And these are not just my opinion, and this is not just common sense, but this is backed up by almost 25 years of experience of teaching this stuff here at Ramsey Solutions that we have been. We've been projecting out this message for so long, and it's working, but also 
studies have backed us up. We actually did a big survey uh, here at Ramsey Solutions for the Everyday Millionaires book by Chris Hogan, and we found that one-third of millionaires never had a six-figure household income in a single year. Yeah, that's right. So being able to build wealth doesn't mean that you're going to be making a ton of money every single year. No, even if you are making less than six figures in a year, it is still possible for you to build wealth. We also found that 92% of millionaires developed a long-term plan with their money. Yep, they were intentional. 94% of millionaires live on less than they make. I don't know what else to tell you guys. That's it. That's the truth. So I promise you can win with money. But the point of winning with money is not just to make a ton of money and hoard it. Whenever I hear that, I always think about Scrooge McDuck. I don't know if Christmas Netflix movies are still on at your house because they're on ours like 24-7, 12 months a year. Like it doesn't matter if it's July. Frosty has still not melted yet. And so Scrooge McDuck is what I imagine like all these Christmas movies with Mickey Mouse. But really, I'm like, no, our point is not that, him collecting all of his coins. No, the point of building wealth is to be able to change your legacy but also help other people. We always say you need to live like no one else so later you can live and give like no one else. Because when you give, giving creates joy within you when you do it. Things change in your life and the way you perceive the world when you give. And also what creates joy is learning to be happy with where you are and what you have. And you guys, that is contentment. So we need to reframe what rich can mean. And one way to do that is to be happy and joyful with where you are in life and truly have contentment. And I'll tell you, I learned this lesson in a really big way. I have been a proponent of journaling for many, many years now. And I do, I write down my thoughts and my prayers and like all the things. And I started this really toward the end of high school. So when I was in college, I was like a full-fledged journaler. Like I always was journaling. And it's so fun to be able to look back on some of these entries because I can remember it was about two weeks after classes started my freshman year at the University of Tennessee. Uh, I had briefly met a guy named Winston Cruz right before that. And I remember thinking in my head, I was like, he's really good looking and he loves Jesus. Like <laughs> this guy. Hmm. But he's two years older than me. I thought he was out of my league. Like every other girl that I knew, like that knew him, like thought the same things I did, you know, so I didn't really think much about it, except that I thought he was great. And so about two weeks after classes started, I was walking into a restaurant with two of my friends. I even remember what I was wearing. I had like Nike gym shorts on and a sorority t-shirt and sunglasses with like the croquis hanging on the back, if you remember those. I mean, I think croquis are still around, but you know, it definitely had a Chi Omega Symbol on the back. That's right. X in a horseshoe, Kayo. All my sisters out there, you know, you know where it's at. And so uh, that and like rainbow flip flops. Like I had like the like the straight up like Knoxville, Tennessee, University of Tennessee, like sorority gear, right? All the things. So I'm walking into this restaurant. Well, Winston is walking out with a few guys. And we pass, and he kind of, like, does a double take. And he's like, oh, hey, aren't you? You're Rachel. We just, we met a few weeks ago. And I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, hi. And he was like, yeah, cool. Good to see you. And just kept on walking. And I just stood there, like, mouth open. I was like, oh, my gosh. And then my two friends with me, they're like, who was that guy? And I was like, that was Winston Cruz. And they were like, you need to date him. I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yep. 
I'll try. Uh, and so we kind of had a laugh about it. But I went back that day and went to my dorm room, and I was journaling. And I wrote down the sentence in that journal, God, if I could ever marry a man like Winston Cruz, I would be so happy. And then it was so crazy. Like the next day, he asked me out on a date. I'm just kidding. It took like a year and a half, and then he finally asked me out. I don't even think he knew who I was for like a year. But but I can look back at that journal. I'm like, man, it's so fun. It really is. Like when you write down your thoughts and your prayers and your fears and your dreams, like everything down, it's just made me realize how rich my life really is and how much I've grown. And I became more content in my life. So I want you to try this. I'm going to challenge you. I want you to start journaling. And if you don't think you have time to journal, here's an idea. How much time do you spend on social media each day? Ooh, the Instagram burn. That's right. Yes. So really, start prioritizing this. So instead of wasting your time focusing on other people's moments, write down your own so that they don't slip away. So I have something really exciting to help you with this. I have come out with my own journal called The Contentment Journal, and I am really pumped about this. So what this is, is this is a 90-day guided journal. So you're going to go from feeling busy and distracted and unfulfilled to appreciating your life again and realizing how full and fun it really is. And so we walk through 30 days of gratitude, 30 days of humility, and 30 days of contentment because these are really the steps to get you there. And so you're going to have some prompts. You're going to have some fun challenges in it. But really, it's 90 days to lead you to contentment. And so I am so pumped about it. So make sure to click the link in the show notes in this episode to get your copy. All right, coming up next is my good friend, Dr. Les Parrots. I said it earlier, but he is a relationship expert. He's a psychologist, an author, a speaker, all the things. And we are going to talk about how to have a rich relationship with your spouse. Well, hey, guys, we are backstage at our Money and Marriage event, and I'm here with Dr. Les Parrots. We've been doing this event for how long now, Les? Like two and a half years. I know. We've saved so many people out there from <laughs> disaster so, in their so relationships. So many lives. With money we are marriage. here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's been it's been so fun to get to know you and travel around and talk about this subject that is so hard for people, which is money and marriage. And so for this episode, we are talking all about how to enrich your life and enriching your marriage is something that's really really crucial. Yeah. And you are a marriage expert. And you actually— I'm just glad to hear you acknowledge that for once because that's not how you normally treat me. (laughs) You're like, Les. Come on, Les. Dr. Les Parrott, the expert. I I love the theme of this show, though, being rich, because rich is not all about money, right? You can be rich in friendship and certainly rich in marriage, and that's that's what we're going to talk about. And so you have done a ton in your past, but I think one of the most fascinating things is you helped create eHarmony. Well, Neil Warren, Neil Clark Warren is the founder of eHarmony. Yes, he was in all the commercials. Yeah, everybody, everybody knows Neil. You can't go into a restaurant without everybody going, hey, that's that's the guy. That's right? the love guy, the yeah. eHarmony guy. But uh, yeah, we were with uh, Neil and his wife Marilyn at the front end of that when it was an idea at the kitchen table. And uh, it's been an incredible thing uh, to watch that company now. Wow, 18, 19 years old. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we were part of that ride. It was super so fun. fun. So yeah. fun. Okay, so— what would be some of your thoughts around when you hear the words enrich your marriage? What are some ideas that come to mind? What are things you think about with couples that you've met with, with counseling yeah. or on the road? And you know, like, okay, these couples, they have a rich marriage. What would you say? Well, one of the things as a psychologist that we know about people that have life at the highest levels that are 
you know, fulfilled, that are feeling like they're living the life, right? They're enriched, rich on multiple fronts, is they have control in their lives. And people that feel out of control with anything, money or health or anything else, anxiety goes up. And obviously, to have to live in the present, to be uh, live a life of contentment, you have to have some modicum of control over the things that you can't control, mm. which is money, which is you can do a lot about relationships. It's a two-sided thing, but as a team, you can do a lot to control that relationship. And so those are the things that uh, when we start to look at the people at the top 10%, that's the thing that really stands out from the research. They got a handle on this thing. So they have a handle love. on life. So what does that translate to like in a marriage? Like when yeah. you see a couple, like, is it like, okay, they communicate well, they problem solve together, they they laugh. Like, like what are yeah. those like components that you're like, well, yes. It's all those usual suspects. Communication is the heartbeat of marriage. So you've yeah. got to get a lock on that. And uh, managing conflict is critically important. In fact, we know that's one of the biggest predictors of success in marriage is whether mm-hmm. you can navigate conflict. Not whether you have it or not, Conflict's inevitable, right? No, not in the early stages. Like in the honeymoon stage, maybe that's okay for some couples that just don't fight. But eventually, you're going to step on each other's toes in the dance of marriage. It's inevitable. So anyway, couples that are living at the the higher echelons of love and and fulfillment have a handle on those usual suspects. But here's the other thing. They're They're so intentional about... Their, their marriage, their relationship. So, um, in fact, one of the things that I know that these couples do, and certainly Leslie and I do this, is that uh, they have a weekly powwow. They have a weekly meeting, just like a business would or a board would mm-hmm. have a meeting. They, they kind of have the time where they, let's look at the week ahead. What are we going to do? You know, and it's not just all about logistics and how about babysitters, not that. It's like, how do we want to feel and look by the time we get seven days away from here? More importantly, they do that monthly and yearly. There's kind of a rhythm to it. And so at, the, at some point during the year, they'll set their sale for the coming year. They'll review the year that they've had, often with photographs, because Leslie and I have been doing this for a long time. And you just kind of recount, what are the things we want to repeat? And it's so interesting to me, Rachel, so many couples discover it wasn't the big trips that they planned, the most expensive weekend they had. It was just these kind of things they stumbled into. Yeah. Like Leslie might say, remember that time we walked around Green Lake in Seattle and it was raining and we didn't even have jackets, but we just walked around it. And it was just like we had the best talk about our future and about our two boys. And that's like what really stood out. And you wouldn't plan on that, right? You don't go, hey, let's go have a walk when it's, you know. Yeah, without but, jackets. But those things happen. And so they look back on that and and they build on that kind of momentum in their relationship. So it's intentionality. That's the word, intentionality. Yes, that's so good. Because it's true even in the money space. Like we say, yeah. people that succeed with their money, they're intentional. Yeah. They do it on purpose. Yeah. And the same is true with your marriage. And, and you've heard me say a million times, you know, newlyweds, you know, we tell them, choose your ruts carefully because you're going to be in them for a long time, right? <laughs> yes. But couples at any age or stage can carve a new groove into the relationship with new habits, healthy habits. And that's what enriches your relationship. That's what makes you rich in marriage. That's good. Okay, what are like the top two habits in mind? Like what are things that couples can be doing? So it's going to be different for every couple, but uh, I'll give you a few examples. Um, so for uh, Leslie and me, it's that, that weekly time. Yeah, that's good. a deal. But uh, also having a date night. And this mm-hmm. sounds like, well, yeah, everybody says that, have a date night. Here's what most people don't understand about that. It's not just going out for a movie and dinner. That's great. If that's what you can do, do it. But it's the novel things that you do as a couple, especially if you've been married a few years, that brings back this shower of neurochemicals that you experienced when you were first falling in love. 
So when you are talking to couples, what do you find are reasons why they are dissatisfied in their marriage? Well, in the big picture, it's kind of the opposite, right? They don't have control of their lives, let alone their marriage. And so they're spinning out of control uh, financially and otherwise. And so what we want to do is help those couples kind of get back in, 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 in touch with the things that they can control in their lives so that they can determine where this boat is sailing, mm-hmm. right? And uh, that might be improving their communication, get a hold of that, conflict, all these things that we've talked about, whatever it might be. And it begins, you won't be surprised by my answer here, it begins, it begins with an assessment of what is going on in this relationship. What's the dynamic? of this relationship right now. If you could take an x-ray of your marriage, you know, what would it reveal? Mm. That's what we want to know. We, because awareness is curative. You know, we psychologists say that all the time. Awareness is curative. You can only change something that you are aware of. And it'll help you realize, oh, here are the things we can mm. change and improve. And here's what we're doing well, you know, fi- high five. This is great that we're doing it. That kind of awareness is the beginning of getting control of mm. your life and going down the path that you want to go on, yes. not just where the winds happen to take you. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. Okay, so tonight's all about money and marriage yeah. at our events. And on the show, we always talk about money, and we talk about marriage and money because, again, right. it's important to be on the same page. So as a psychologist, what would you say are like the top two things to get people on the same page when it comes to their money? So number one, from my perspective, is understand your money history. In other words, go back and understand what money was like in your home growing up. And then number two, understand your your money type or style. And so, uh, as you know, we have this assessment. It's called Better Love. And um, there's a whole page on money that looks at your money type. Yes. And understanding that is huge. And then it gets down to the tactics. This is what you are an expert at, where you begin to go, okay, let's look at things and the debt and the snowball, all that yep, stuff. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. So good, so good. Well, where can people find you, Les? So, lessandlesley.com. And, Leslie's uh, your wife. His yes. Wife. They have the same name. That's right. It's confusing, fantastic. but that's the way God <laughs> planned it. And then, um, and then of course, uh, betterlove.com is where they can find that assessment. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on, Les. Absolutely. Thanks. I always enjoy talking to Les. He's so fascinating to me in, like, all that he's done. I mean, seriously, he has worked with thousands and thousands of couples and all of his principles and everything. It works, and it really does. It helps enrich your relationship for sure. All right, next up is a wonderful woman. Her name is Mignon, and I loved this interview so much, you guys. You are going to love her. She took $5 and turned it in to $10 million, and it all started with cupcakes. That's right. So check out her story. I remember feeling desperate and broken and hopeless and feeling like, why is it that everybody else can make it and we can't? I was a stay-at-home mom, drowning in debt and brokenness, losing everything that we had. Figuring out how to make it was what my life was about to depend on. I was listening to the Dave Ramsey show and I heard people screaming on the show, we're debt-free, and I wanted that. And I heard him telling people, that they could have a bake sale. And I thought, what if you had a bake sale every single day? But I didn't know how to bake. But I had a secret weapon, it was my grandmother. And I said, Grandma, look, I need a recipe. It was the first successful thing that I ever baked. And it was when my neighbor across the street, she said, I wanna order cupcakes for all of my clients. 
That was gonna be like 600 cupcakes. All I had was $5 left, and I hadn't even fed the family, and we were a family of eight. But I wanted to do something different, because, you know, I was tired of being crazy, expecting a different result. And I marched myself out that door, and I bought everything that I could buy with that $5, and I started baking. I turned that five into 60 that day. And I turned that 60 into 600 by the end of the week. And I've turned that 600 into over $10 million in sales. I opened this bakery with a KitchenAid mixer and a dorm-sized refrigerator because that's what I could afford to do. And now the cupcake collection is over 5 million cupcakes sold. The journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. And it's in that one step forward that you begin to find that everything else begins to take its shape. You just have to do what you can do. I'm going to live like it depends on God, but I'm going to work like it depends on me. All right, Mignon, thanks for coming in here, chatting with me. Your story is just, it's phenomenal. Can you believe you're like living your life? Mm -hmm. Like when you look back on your story, like, is it just, it still amaze you? It it does amaze me. Someone, someone asked me just yesterday if I surprised myself, and I said, no. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't surprise myself. I, I fully think I'm, a, I'm capable yeah, of yeah. everything that I set mm. my mind to. But I think that we think these things happen to other people. Right. That they don't actually happen to us. And that's what I want my platform in life to be. I will be transparent and I will be authentic. And you can know my business so that you too can know what you can do if you believe. So that's good. what I'm trying to do. I love it. I love it. Okay, so on the financial side, we already talked about earlier in the episode about how to win financially, right? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of common sense things. Live on less than you make. Get out of debt. Invest. All that stuff. So you have won financially. <laughs> and I just want to know, how does it feel? Like, on that side of it. We'll talk about more heart things later. But mm -hmm. I just want to know, like, from where you started out till now, like, you have margin. Like, mm -hmm. does it feel good? Like, how do you feel? I just bought myself a house. You did? Yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> And to know that I did it and I didn't have to ask anybody what they thought oh, about it. Oh, my gosh. Um, and, I, and I love that place. And the money part didn't stress you out because you had it. So good. Okay, because— mm -hmm. Winning with money, obviously, isn't just to win with money, just to have money, right? Mm -hmm. It is about more than that. And mm -hmm. you are such a joyful person. And money doesn't always <laughs> equal joy. Like, it right. doesn't—it equals fun sometimes, right? Money can buy some fun. But doesn't—it doesn't reassure you that you're going to have a joyful life. But you do. My mother always said, a smile doesn't cost you anything. Hello doesn't cost you anything. And I've been able to change people's lives just by, by being— me, yes. authentically. The thing about it is, is that I could have chosen to go a different way. Mm -hmm. When God put this cupcake collection on my heart, he very clearly said to me, Mignon, I'm done playing with you. I've given you all these ideas and you start and you never finish anything. Mm -hmm. This is your last opportunity. Do it and live or don't and just die. So, like, what were those other chances that you didn't take? I mean, I had a lot of ideas. I was a child that was always coming up with something new, and my mom would be like, stick to something. <laughs> and that, I learned later, was also a gift. Yes. It was a gift to have ideas. But I learned in the process that every idea wasn't meant for money. <laughs> every idea wasn't meant to share with the world. Some of them were meant 
to be given away. But I would try to make a business out of so many things. I get the business cards made, tell everybody I was going to do it, journal about it. And then two weeks later, when you ask me about it, oh, I got something else. I'm not doing that <laughs> I'm anymore. Going on, going yeah. on. And, and scared to go out and, and sort of hustle for my business. That's what right? I was going to ask. So why didn't those succeed? Do you yeah, think? I was scared to go out and hustle for my business. When it came to the cupcake collection, I would be peeking out of the blinds, trying to see if anybody was going to walk down my street so I could bombard them with, hey, do you want to taste this? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you are truly hungry and you know that you're standing before life and death and you want to live, and you want to live more abundantly, you will do what it takes in order to live. Hunger will make you do some amazing and incredible things if you let it. So, guys, when she just said hunger will make you do some amazing things, I love that because you can hear the desperation of where her tone of voice even was, like when she was going back to those moments in her life where she was literally hungry, and you may not be at that point, but there has to be some kind of drive. In order for you to change your situation, you have to decide that it's worth it, and you have to decide, okay, I'm going to do this, but that drive has to be there because without that, you're not willing to sacrifice. You're not willing to do the hard stuff it takes to get out of debt and to win, But man, when you can do that and that's your motivation and your drive is there, that is when you're going to see progress. And she is a tried and true testament to that. Listening to Dave Ramsey on the radio, Mm -hmm. I was hearing people scream, we're debt free. And I felt that I felt them through the radio. And I wanted that. I wanted to be able to sleep and know that nobody, I didn't have to get it. Somebody called me today, one of those robocalls, and they said, we called to um, help you on some debt relief. I said, sorry, I don't have any debt. I get those too. And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I don't think this is correct. That's so good. So you mentioned journaling. Okay, I want to know, do you love to journal? What's like your, what's your take on that? I have a journal by the side of my bed. And if my purse is anywhere around here, there <laughs> is there is a journal on the inside that goes with me everywhere I go. Mm. I believe in that. Write the vision. Make it plain that they may run and not faint. Simply says, write it down so the people who have to come behind you and do the same thing don't have to pass out trying to figure out what you already know. Ideas only last for 30 seconds unless you ink them. You know, otherwise, you know, you're, and that's a scientific Ooh. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yes. That's good. And so, like, I'll use with, it and quote you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's not mine, though. But um, I, you know, how many times have you said, Oh, I'm going to do that when I get home? You don't remember. It's like, what did I say? It's so funny you're saying this. Literally this morning, I was getting ready for work. I had three things in my head. I was like, Today I have got to send. There are three emails. Mm-hmm. I did one and I, I forgot. Yeah. I forgot the, the other because two. You have to write I didn't it write down. it down. I know. You have to write so it down. What's the power for you when you write things in your journal and you go back, let's say just 12 months, and mm-hmm. you reread the past year? Like, what does that do for you? Oh my gosh. So I am rereading right now, oof, maybe 15 or 20 years. <gasps> Oh, wow. Um, Because I'm writing my story now. Yes. And I've gone back to the day that I asked God to give me something that could belong to me. Write your prayers down to God. Mm. Because you need to know how to be thankful and pray your gratitude back to Him. And you will not know that 
if you don't remember what you asked for. So that's how I started it, because I wanted to remember what I asked God for so when he answered, I could say, thank you, God. Oh, I love it. But it is true. There is power in writing it down, not only for yourself, but exactly what you said, Mm -hmm. to look back and see where your life has become and evolved from where you were. I love that. So (laughs) the giving part of your life is huge. Mm -hmm. You've given in so many ways, not only financially, but for opportunities for people and your kids. So Mm -hmm. like, tell me, tell me about that part of your life. I'm so excited to have the opportunity to open up my space for other people. My team is young. My team's average age is about 24, 25. And are you intentional with that? Are you, okay, and who are you sinking out? Like when you're saying that, like what are you looking for? I like college students. I like teenagers because I feel like they are always the most misunderstood. I feel like it's just like with God, we're all his children. And when, if someone wants to do something nice for your child, You want to do something nice for them. Mm. And I feel like God is the same way. When we take care of his children, he wants to take care of us. I remember standing in the shower and God said, open up your hands and try to catch the drops. And no matter how much you try to hold them in your hand, you can cup your hands as tight as you can. You cannot hold water in your hand except for whatever goes into the palm. And that's what I learned. All that I could keep was whatever I could hold. Everything else was to pass through me. Mm. And I was supposed to let that fall on other people. And so that's what I'm doing with my life now. There's not a lot for me to keep. Um, And so that's one of the ways in which I'm expanding my business by letting other people have an opportunity to start business with the Cupcake Collection. And we've done our first one in New Orleans. Second store, right? Yep, our second store. That's incredible. So someone hearing your story who's maybe living paycheck to paycheck. They may be as of extreme situation as you were all those mm-hmm. years ago, maybe not as bad, but they're just still in this place and they're like, man, all this bad stuff has happened to me. Like it's me, you know, why Why has the world done this to me? And it's almost a victim-like mentality. Mm-hmm. What would you say to someone that changed your life of taking control over your life? I think that's the key. You take control. You also take responsibility for the situations that you place yourself in. I love to use the analogy that At one point, none of us could walk. At one point, none of us could talk. But some of us women can run in a pair, a good pair of high heels, right? (laughs) That means that at some point you saw someone doing that. Yeah. As a little child up against a wall, you saw someone walking and you thought, I can do that too. And so you tried it. And it hurt when you fell and you probably got bruised and you might have even bled. Some of us got stitches and broke some things because of it, but it didn't stop us from trying again. It didn't stop you from getting yourself back up and going back out there and trying to get to the point now that you could run in a good set of high heels. And you're that same person that you were sitting up against that wall. But the difference is, is that back then, everyone was telling you that you could. Come on, you can do it. Mm. Come on, baby. Someone was cheering you on and there's no one cheering now. We don't have to be victims in our own situations. But sometimes we get so caught up in our brokenness and we think that, oh, because I'm broken, I can't do anything. But it is in your brokenness that your potential becomes released. Mm -hmm. It's in your brokenness that everything that's on the inside of you can be used in order to make what it is that you were intended to become what you were intended to do. So, you know, don't Don't stress over the cracks. You know, like that's where your potential is going to seep out. And that's that's the biggest lesson that I learned for myself. It's okay because God provided a way Mm. of escape. Everything everything that's happening is happening for us, not to us. 
If we believe that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, in my saddest, roughest time, say, okay, tears rolling down my eyes. God, you said all things. Mm. All things, God. You said all things. Sometimes walking in a circle, all things, God. I don't see how this is one of them, but all things, not some things, not sometimes, not when I feel like it. All things are working for my good, and that's what they need to remember. So good. And it's hope. I mean, that's it. Like, what you're spreading is not just the joy, but the hope of taking responsibility Mm -hmm. and seizing the opportunity. I think people don't expect that it's going to be hard. Oh, gosh. You know, it's hard. That's right. It's it's hard for successful people. It's still hard. And if it wasn't hard— Everyone would be doing it. Yeah, (laughs) it's work, and work is required of all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, amazing. And your story and everything that you're doing with your life, I mean, you just radiate joy, and you have a really rich life and many (laughs) aspects. And so you added so much, so much to the show. And I know you gave people out there watching, again, the hope and the encouragement that they can change their lives and live an enriched life as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on. Seriously. So appreciate it. Thank you. So the one thing that I love about Mignon and throughout the interview, you hear it over and over again, is that she elevates people in her life. Like she said, like a smile is free. Like at the very beginning, like being kind to people, investing your life and your time into people. Like people matter in life, you guys. And so being able to make that a value Uh, It's incredible the joy that that brings. And, man, she just radiates this unbelievable happiness and kindness. And it's one of those people, after you hang out with them, you're like, they're, like, contagious. You're like, I want to be as nice as Mignon. Uh, So, yeah, she was just, she was fabulous. Not only does she have just an incredible story, but truly who she is and her character is just so inspiring. And I think it's something that, you know, we all can probably do better in, but something not to forget that the— the character in who you are matters as much as forming these good money habits. It's so, so crucial that you have the character in order to carry financial success. And she has that, which is just really great. And the girl journals. Like when she said that, I was like, oh my gosh, that was not planned. I got so excited though. I was like, yes, for journaling. I love it. So what's fun is if you've ever thought about starting your own business like Mignon, if that inspired you, well, coming up next is my conversation with author and speaker Christy Wright. And this is like her sweet spot, you guys. She's so good at this. So I can't wait for you to hear our conversation. All right, Christy, thanks for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is so great because we're real life friends. Yeah. Actually, our kids are in the same preschool class together. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like, this doesn't feel like work because we just get to hang out. I know. Yeah. So great. Okay. So a lot of women listening, you know, we're talking about enriching your life in today's episode. And so a lot of them feel like, man, I just feel like I could be doing something else. Yeah. Like there's something else that's just like, man, I don't know what it is, but I may have this hobby. I may have this passion, but I don't know how to monetize it. Yeah. Like you talk to those kind of women all the time. Yeah. So what would you say is a good starting off point for them? Yeah, I think it's really important to to find what your thing is. And that sounds difficult, but it doesn't have to be. For example, a lot of women start side businesses or home-based businesses or hobby business, you know, whether it's they want to pay off more money on, on their debt snowball or they just want a creative outlet. You know, so many of the moms I talked to, um, they said, I just want this thing that's just for me. Yes. You know, everything in my life is about my kids and my family, and it's easy to lose yourself in right. motherhood and your roles and your, you know, relationships and your identity there. And so they start this little 
hobby. And they're like, hey, this is really fun. Wait a minute, I could make money doing this. And it evolves into something that brings in income and gives them fulfillment. And it really does enrich their life. And yes. so it's really cool to see how it's meeting a lot of different needs for the women that I'm working with, but it also is a source of financial income for mm-hmm. their family. And so when you really want to start, you want to find out what is your thing? Like what is the the lowest hanging fruit, the quickest win? Because it's easier than ever before to start a business. And don't get intimidated by the word business. When I say that, don't think like big brick and mortar store, right, a bunch of money right. to start up. You could have CEOs and corporate. It's not that. I'm talking like Tomorrow, you could start a business with your idea and a Facebook page. You could sell hair bows or you could do swim lessons or whatever it is. So the biggest thing I tell people is start with what you have. So your skills, your strengths, and your stuff. So your skills would be your education, your credentials, your background. Like, hey, I'm really talented. You know, I'm experienced in this or I have a degree in this. Okay, that's great. Mm -hmm. Those are skills you have that you could turn into a service-based business or something that you do for the marketplace. Your strengths are a little different. Those are things that maybe you're not trained in that area, but you're just good at it. You're a natural singer. You're a talented painter. You know, you've just always been gifted yes. in that area. And, and other people probably compliment you yes, on that a lot. Like, oh, yes. you're so good at that. You're yeah. a natural. Now, yeah. we'll tell you, your strengths are the easiest thing to undervalue because you assume, oh, it's easy for me, so it must be easy for everyone else. And that's just not true. So God has uniquely created you to do these things. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's something you could do as a business that provides value to someone else and they pay you for it and you're doing something you love and making money doing. So your skills and your strengths. And then look at your stuff. Like, do you have a sewing machine? Maybe you sew stuff. Do you have a computer? Maybe you, you know, write or blog. Do you have a swimming pool where you teach swim lessons? Like, there's a lot of things if you look around you, you might have something that you can start with. And when you start with your skills and your strengths and your stuff, then you make it so easy on yourself to win. You're not like, hey, I want to go be a developer, and I've sure. never coded something, so I've got to go take classes. Like, right. start with what you have, and then you're going to be able to take that idea and turn it into something that much faster. I love that. So women have to have a level of confidence, right, to yeah. step into this. So how do they battle possibly, like, the notion of, who am I, though? Who am yeah. I to do this? Like, man, all these other working moms, like, they're doing it well. Like, I don't, I don't know. Who am I? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think you have to call that out and acknowledge it as normal. That's actually something called the imposter syndrome. And researchers coined this phrase back in the 70s, and they believe up to 70% of people suffer from it, women more often than men. And that's the signature phrase of the imposter syndrome. Who are you? Mm-hmm. Who are you to do this? I remember when we started out speaking a million years ago, I thought the same thing. Yeah. Like, it was like, who are you? Who are you to teach or walk on the stage? Who are you to write a book? And, and if you start to understand that that is a normal part of the journey, that fear is a normal part of the journey, then you can see that as what it is, but it doesn't have to hold you back. And so what mm-hmm. I tell people all the time is, don't wait until you're not scared to do the thing you want to do. You just do it scared. Even though you're scared, you hear that voice and you go, yeah, that's a lie. Yeah. Everyone starts somewhere, and so am I. And so you give yourself permission to be a beginner and write your first blog and launch your first product and just try it. And the more you take tiny baby steps, it gives you momentum. That momentum gives you confidence. Because mm-hmm. I'll tell you, nothing will silence your fear of doing the thing like doing the thing. You know, yes, I, love the, yes. I love the quote um, by Vincent Van Gogh where he said— If you have a voice inside your head that says you cannot paint, then by all means paint, and that voice will be silenced. Mm. And so um, I just remind people the antidote to fear is action. So take 
action, even though you're scared, yep. even though you're shaking in your stilettos or your sneakers or your slippers, whatever you prefer, like go take those yep. brave steps, those tiny baby steps. And the more you have those wins, you're like, oh my gosh, I did it and I survived. I can do it again. Totally. It's so good. So what do you see today? Because you've been teaching to and talking to thousands of women literally yeah. on this subject specifically. So what is the biggest hurdle you see with women today? It's fear. It's what we were just talking about. You know, it's interesting with our business boutique event, why women come, Rachel, and why they think they come are two different things. Mm -hmm. Like what they need and what they think they need are two different things. They think they need tools and plans and steps. And that's true. We give them that. You know that. You've spoken in our event before. That is a very real, tangible thing that will help them follow the steps and win. But what they really need is just permission. Yeah. They need someone to look them in the eyes and say, you can do this, and I believe in you, and mm -hmm. I can't wait to watch you win. And when you win, I want you to email me and tell me your story because I'm going to share it on my podcast because I know that you have it in you. And that is what is transformational. It's, it's not the tools and steps. It's the permission that changes them. Yes. Okay, so you have something really exciting yeah. coming up. Yeah. It's called the Academy. So yes. tell us all the things, all about it. Okay, so this has been really fun because you remember this. We launched the Business Boutique as a brand as an event in 2015. Yes. And since then, it has evolved into a million things. It's a podcast. It's a, you know, blog. And we've got the coaching group. We've got courses. We've got the book. book. Yeah. We've got all the things. And so what's been really neat is through this whole process, women tell me again and again, I need a mentor. I need a coach. I need regular training. Because you come to this event, for example, and you have this mountaintop camp experience. And you're like, oh, I'm on top of the world. And you go home and you're so excited. And then you hit a wall. And you've got questions, oh, but what about this? And I've got this crazy customer. And, you know, how do I handle this situation? Yeah. And you just need someone to hold your hand along the way. And I think, you know, it really comes down to what we talk about all the time when it comes to motivation, where it doesn't last. Like Zig Ziglar says, it's uh, recommended daily, just like bathing. And so when you understand that training and encouragement and coaching is an ongoing process, that life change, business change, doesn't happen overnight. It happens over time. So we created the Academy to really be that source. Mm -hmm. It's this amazing community of women. It's like I call it the, the sisterhood. It's like this circle of trust where these are the women that I'm in their business with them, walking with them, training them on a regular basis, and helping them on a deeper level than you could ever cover at a quick two-day event mm -hmm. or even in a book. Um, these are deep dive training sessions on the topics that apply to them most, helping them grow to the next level. And I think that's important because— one of the biggest things that I uh, have a heart for in Business Boutique is I want you to define your version of success, and I'm going to help you reach it. And if that is $500 a month to pay for your kid's soccer, awesome. And if that's yeah. you want to be a seven-figure top-line business, awesome. Like, you define your version of success, yes, and we're going to get good. there. It doesn't have to look a certain way. Okay, so how can people check it out? Businessboutique.com, but it's only open a few days. So we're opening enrollment. We're going to get this next class in, and then I'm going to be walking with them for the next year. And awesome. uh, after that, will be the wait list will be available. So great. Okay, guys, check it out and check out everything Christy's doing, and you're all over social media, books, all the things. All the things. Businessboutique.com. Businessboutique.com. Awesome. Thanks, awesome. Christy. Thanks, Thanks for being on. Thanks. Fun. All right, I'm so glad you guys got to hear it from Christy. Isn't she great? We have so much fun together. Oh, man, but this episode, guys, there was a lot. But everything that we talked about, you can check out in the show notes, everything in today's episode, including the contentment journal. That's right. I'm so excited about it. So seriously, check that out. 
get a copy for yourself uh, because I really do think it's going to uh, inspire and help you day to day throughout those 90 days and hopefully transform your whole life and your outlook. So thank you guys so much for listening and thank you to Les and Mignon and Christy for coming on as well. And you guys make sure to hit that subscribe button if you've not yet. And you can leave a review if the spirit leads. Totally fine. Uh, but really, it, this is always a fun, uh, a fun time to hang out with you. So I really am thankful that you listened. And remember to take control of your money and create a life you love.